Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by the great Yogi Roth of Pac-12 Network. Hello, Yogi. How you doing? I'm fired up to be here. Uh, what an intro. I love that, by the way. The the montage, the video, great production work by you, man. I had nothing to do with that. People far more talented than me did that, believe it or not. So, um, you know, wanted to have you on because um, – you obviously you've got a good relationship with Jed Fish. Just kind of take it through a little bit. Just kind of your guys' background for people that out there that don't know. Sure, I'd love to. Um, love talking about Jed Fish. So excited that he got this job because for years it was like every time there was a job cycle, it was all right. How many ads can we talk to? Because he's the real deal. And right. whether it was my alma mater, whether it was other schools around the country, uh, and so excited they landed in this league and, and a team that I'm covering just to kind of be around him. Uh, but we met back in 2009 when Coach Carroll got the Seahawks job. And we flew up there to both interview and happened to be there the same day. And we went to dinner that night in uh, downtown Bellevue. And it was Pete and a couple of the guys that he'd hired. And it was Jed and I. And right. we sat next to each other. And it was the first time we'd ever met. And I had known his name. He was at Minnesota uh, University. Uh, he was the OC then. And we just started talking and built this friendship. I ended up leaving coaching and not taking the job with the Seahawks. He took it, did it for a year, and then his journey kind of began as an offensive coordinator. Uh, he went to Miami, was there for a couple of years. I then went down to Miami, did a whole documentary on their quarterback room for a training camp. So I spent a mo month with him down in Cor Coral Gables. And, and really from that first dinner that we had, we always just stayed in touch. Talked about jobs, talked about the profession, talked about our families, uh, just, just developed a really cool friendship. And as that continued to grow and then he came back to the pack and was coaching for with Jim Moore at UCLA, uh, we just spent more time together. And then when he left, when that thing ended and went to the Rams, I said, let's sit down and record something. Right. And I'll still never forget it, man, because we were in his house in Hermosa beach at the time in Southern California. And he presented to me his plan of when he got a head job, what it would look like. Right. And that was, four years, three or four years before he got this opportunity. That's why when he got it, I was on the phone or on every radio show. It felt like in Tucson or Arizona saying, trust me, like it may not be the biggest name out there, but he has a plan. He's not going to have to figure it out on the fly. And I think we've seen that through his first couple seasons. I've got to give him a lot of credit because I was like a lot of people. I didn't quite understand the hire, but I'll tell you what, we've seen a lot of coaches come in through to Tucson saying, Nobody will outwork us. Nobody will outrecruit us. Again, we might not get every player, but it's not going to be for a lack of effort. Jed Fish came in here, Yogi, and everything he said he has done. He said, I will engage the fan base. He's done that unlike anybody we've seen here since Dick Tomey. He said that I will – he said we will bring in players – he overhauled the entire offensive side of the ball, which we'll get to. He said the next thing will be getting bigger on the D-line. He's done that as well. And 
it's it's almost it's almost like too good to be true everything that he's done to this stage because Arizona football fans are kind of used to being let down and with Jed Fish everything he's done has essentially been an A plus. Well, I think what's unique about Jed's opportunity, if you track it back, I'll just track it back with my time coaching mm-hmm. in this league or being a broadcaster in this league. And if you think about the most recent coaches other than Jed, they had come from places where they had been fired. Right. Right. Richrod did fun great things. And, uh, I'm, a, I'm a great, I'm a huge Richrod guy. I'm friends with Kevin Sumlin. Uh, know a lot of the guys that are on their respective staffs, but it wasn't as though I think either one of them, they, they weren't disrespectful of the job. They were very proud to be there and be the head coach of that institution. But Jed wasn't fired from Michigan. Wasn't right. fired at AM, like two right. premier blue bloods in college football. Right. He just wanted a shot. And I think there's something that you can sense when, I, when I'm sharing that of like, oh, yeah, like I get it. And he's treating this job the way that any job should be treated, whether you're the head coach at Arizona or the head coach at a D3 school, treat it like you're at the biggest place in the world because that's the place that you're at. And, and Jed has done that from the very onset. And what I love about him and his vision, is that it was all encompassing, right? It was, hey, I'm going to educate these players on things beyond the game. Right. In comes COVID, in comes my own role, in comes the war in Ukraine, in comes a specialist on international Great warfare, point. right? Like he's he's delivered, to your point. On the football field, what, what he taught me and what I love to share about him was he knew what would sell and offense sells. So he came in year one, was like, all right, I'm an offensive guy hired because of my offensive prowess. We're going to score points. They were in, what was it, seven games within a score in the fourth right. quarter in this first year with a roster that is nowhere near what it is now with four quarterbacks that started as that season went on, five took snaps. Right. And they scored. And what did they do? It drew fans. And I think that's the number one thing if you're a new head coach is let's make it entertaining. And I think he's done that with offensive production. And then the defensive player said, okay, this is the hole you need to fill. Let's go. And, and I think it's different because if you're a defense that's you know losing but allowing 17 points a game, why do you want to go play there? Right. It's not going to be fun. You might be good, right? I was the example. Struggled scoring. I'd rather go to Arizona, fix the problem, whether it's in the portal or via high school recruiting, because I know they're going to score 40-plus a game. And I think just the model and the modality in which he laid the groundwork for this job was so well thought out. And I love that what you just said because I, I think fans would echo that of, We've seen the plan that he talked about, and we've seen it step by step, and we haven't been disappointed. Well, I, uh, the other thing, too, that I think is really underrated about him, his evaluation skills, this staff's evaluation skills are next level. I mean, it's one thing, and T-Mac was obviously a great recruit. But when you get a five-star wide receiver, but when I'm, you're looking at a Jonas Sabanea, who, whenever he's eligible, is going to be a first-round pick. I remember when he came in here and Jed said, I've never seen a 330-pound freshman carry the weight like he did, you know, and he said with this with all due respect, I'm not sure somebody like him has ever come through Arizona. You look at some of the other guys, you're Jacob Manus of the world. You're, you know, you bring in Jacob Cowing, obviously. These are all guys with the exception of Cowing that some of them weren't highly rated. But the second they hit the field, you could tell that this staff had a little bit of an indication that other staffs missed on. And I think their eval skills, Ryogi, are next or second to none. So there's a there's a really fun memory for me. I don't know if it is for for anybody who had to watch this on YouTube or the internet. But when Jed got hired, you know it was COVID, right? And I did the interview for him on the Pac-12 Networks, and my wife was out of town, 
and we have a baby and at the time like a five-year-old so i'm doing the welcome interview with jed fish with two kids like in this studio in la on both uh knees right and the, and the thing to once you get through like the hilarity of that and the ridiculousness of that is what he said and he goes utah is a blueprint we're going to be a tough out. And I, I think his quote was, we want people to look at us like Utah. When they play us, they see it on the schedule and say, this is going to be a tough out, end quote. Right. And he also layered in, we want to evaluate like Utah. And I think when you look at the evaluation skills of him, you look at the amount of years that his staff has in the National Football League. Like I just got off the phone with Brennan Carroll, the Rose C, in advance of this weekend's game against Stanford. Right. And he goes, for six years, I evaluated every single offensive lineman in the country. Like, so you start to see where these guys evaluate. And then the league, as you know, could care less if you play at Pitt, Arizona, or, you know, some school down the street that, you know, is there's a thousand people going to campus. They don't care. If you can play, you could play. So I think you're right on that is they took a page out of Utah and later in their experience of we're going to be a tough out. So we need physical guys. We also aren't going to be able to go toe to toe with, SC, Washington, Oregon, day one on players. But year two, they did. They got Tetro McMillan to flip from Oregon. In year three, they got Raymond Polito to flip from Alabama to Arizona. So I, I think to your point, you're exactly right. Evaluating fit, evaluating talent under the radar, and then stealing a couple big guys is, is where this program sits today. And when he said too, he said, listen, if we're going to miss, we're going to miss in two areas. He said, we're going to miss with big kids or we're going to miss with speed. And, you know, the thing with and Rich Rod, because I'm, I'm a fan of Rich Rod as well. I thought he did a lot of good things. But the teams with Rich Rod had were always small. And you could just tell that on the field. Jed Fish's teams, this team this year, especially Yogi, this team looks the part. Now, whether they win six games, whether they win eight games, I don't know. But this is the first team in quite a while that you look on both sides of the ball from the offensive line to the defensive line to the skill to everywhere, it looks like a good power five football team out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I was there in training camp, uh, their first scrimmage in in mid-August, and that was my, my first takeaway was the run game. Right. It just felt like it was thumpers. Uh, defense is still growing and evolving, uh, and I think that's fair. But to your point, the two edges on that defense looked the part. You know, right. We just talked to Johnny Nansen. So they, anybody they remind you a little bit of from your past. And he said, they both have a little bit of Uchenna Nuoso, mm. who's now thriving in, in, in the National Football League and was a stud at SC. They got linebacker, like they're still growing there. They got highly productive player in Jacob Manu. Uh, they've got a you know potential superstar in Justin Flo. And they get somebody in Daniel Haimuli who was buried on the depth chart, but is, is extremely productive. Right. So I don't think defensively they're full of first rounders yet. But to your point, like, they look the part, and I think they're going to walk into every game this season. And, and we saw it in year one, as I referenced. They were always competitive. I, I, I joked with Jed and called him Jed Lasso for the first season because right. it felt as though in a one-win season, he got this team to believe every single week that they had a chance. That is harder than any other job. That's harder than Nick Saban or Davo Sweeney or Lincoln Riley or Killing. It's harder than any of these jobs for teams that are killing it. Especially that, when you're coming off, especially when you're coming off a seventy to seven loss. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean to, to smile at that, but you're exactly right. Like you, so I, I just say that to now with the roster that you reference and the size and the speed that Jed referenced, they want to go recruit. They've got the ability to match up with the scheme. Guys are always going to be in the right spot. It was can they make the play? And now I think they can, and, and we'll find out over the course of the next seven weeks or so. Oh, how do they match up against the teams that are ranked? 
because we know what their schedule is heading into the Stanford game. I'll be there for the UW game, calling that one. And, and I think they're going to be great measuring stick because they haven't been blown off the field in those games. Other than Utah last year, right? Jets teams haven't been blown off the field in any game, right? And that, to me, at the end of the stretch of all those ranked opponents in the rain, it was freezing. I, I think I called four of those five straight games right. for, for Arizona last year. Um, it was just one where it got out of hand early, and uh, it was just a miserable environment for them. But I look forward to how do they handle UW at home because I saw what happened at Oregon at home last year, but I also saw what SC happened at home. I, I'm so intrigued with this team. I think much like UCLA, Washington State, uh, they're in that second tier of teams in the Pac-12 that can knock off anybody in the first tier. You know, what's also one thing that I think that we can also know, there will never be a hard time recruiting receivers as long as Jed Fish is in Arizona. <laughs> it is. I mean, you just look at last year. You, you've obviously got T-Mac, you got Cowan, you got Dorian Singer. Dorian Singer moves on, and you replace him with Montana Lamonius Craig, ex-four-star kid, uh, was one of Colorado's best receivers. Then, you know, kind of patiently waiting, you've got Kevin Green, an ex-USC commit. You've got a bunch of other players, too, high-level three-star, four-star kids. The skill position talent, I will never have any concerns about as long as Jed Fish is the coach at the U of A. That's one thing that I, he's definitely proven. Well, if you're a receiver, you know, you want to play in this offense. I mean, that's just the bottom line, you know, and I, I, we have to acknowledge Dorian Singer left after right. putting up ridiculous numbers for his career as a former walk-on. Right. But it's attractive. It's going to be attractive for high school players. It's attractive in the portal. And the thing that this country doesn't lack in high school football is skill players. Right. And I think for Jed, they're at that place where they're able to choose who do who do we want to come in here and fit in this system? Montana Lamonius Craig is a is a perfect fit. You know, talking to Brennan Carroll an hour ago of his veteran ability is helping those young, young receivers that you referenced learn what the value of a blocking is, learn the value of studying film. And I think that being specific of who they add and how they add is going to continue to allow them to have success. Well, no, no, let's talk about the other line a little bit. You mentioned Brennan Carroll. So you got Jordan Morgan right now, who was a holdover, who looks like he could be a first round pick or a second rounder. Jonas Savanea, we talked about him, total stud. But then you look at the other spots. Wendell Moe is at Long Beach Poly. He's committed <laughs> to Morgan State. He is at maybe the most high-profile school on the West Coast. Arizona gets him. Within six games, he's starting. You mentioned Polito as well, who is, uh, I imagine will start this week. The offensive line recruiting has been incredibly impressive because, again, these, we're talking some NFL-type guys here. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I don't know the history probably like you do, but in my 20 years, I don't remember a better offensive line at Arizona there there might have been one prior to that but Jordan Morgan's a real NFL guy right I sat in the scrimmage in week one and watched him uh in that scrimmage next to an NFL scout and that scout said we had him in our top 40 last year of players on the board and he had torn ACL we still would have taken him if he came out you look at how he moves now here's uh Jonah Savanaya to your point even on the inside and Josh Baker the guy that doesn't get any play but is completely in charge of the communication, pass mm-hmm. pro, redirecting, uh, pass protection, making audibles, et cetera. And, and I just think it's got a great fit because when you can run the ball in a Jedfish scheme that is founded in the West Coast, right, right, which is timing, anticipation, triangle reads for the quarterback, and then you add in the new layer of college football that 
clearly is a part of Arizona in the run pass option game, some zone read game, the athleticism and dynamic ability of Jane Delord outside the pocket. You need an old lineman that can move. Right. And when you study their run game, they remind me a lot of NFL run games, as well as like you look at USC and Lincoln Riley, what they're known for in the run game is a lot of the pullers, a lot of movement. Brandon Carroll came from the NFL. These are NFL schemes where the, you're seeing athletic linemen pull from the inside, from the tackle position. And, it, and it's creating a lot of mismatches and challenges for defensive fronts. So you're right. Uh, their offensive front is is real. And I, and I look forward to watching them being challenged against uh, this weekend. David Bailey is one of the better pass rushers in the league, number 23 mm-hmm. for Stanford. And next week in Braylon Trice and Zion Tupelo-Fatui, two guys that it's at one point in their careers, whether it was 2020, ZTF was an All-American, or last year, Bradley right. Trice was an All-American. They will be challenged, and, and I can't wait because they, they should rise to that challenge. And I think it's going to allow us to see just dramatically competitive football. What is the upside, do you think, for Arizona and Jed Fish? Just like just overall, you know, obviously yeah. this year and then going obviously into the Big 12. Uh, I think it's tremendous. Right. I think Jed Fish has uh, built this thing into – a program that can win consistently. I think the floor for this team, and it's hard this year because it's a loaded league, but the floor is bowl eligibility. But right. to be real, that's a big step for this program. It's a huge step. Um, it's a huge step. And I think they're going to walk into the Big 12. And, and the sad part about that for, I think, Arizona fans and football fans in general is other than the, the three teams that are joining them from the Pac-12, I, I'm curious what the what the reaction is to play in central Florida, to play in Cincinnati. You know, if if you beat them, big deal. If you lose to them, is it a bigger deal? So I I don't know how he'll be evaluated and this team will be measured moving forward. I think teams just want to win. So if you're 10 and 0, great. And I think they'll they'll have a chance to be one of the leaders in that league. I look at Utah being the leader. They'll be the best team in the big 12. And I don't think it's close. Right. right. So now here comes Arizona and we'll see what happens with TCU and Baylor. But Arizona's going to have a chance to compete in that league. How they handle some of those opponents that um, just seem awkward to say that they're in the Big 12 now because it's so new right. will be intriguing to watch. But I think they have every ability to turn this thing into a major powerhouse. And I know Jed wants to do that. I mean, why I can't Arizona be Clemson? Why can't Arizona be one of these small town schools that become a massive program. They can. And I'm curious to see like how the donor base, how the fans back this football thing moving forward, because the way college football is going is becoming a model where uh, the rich are the ones that are going to continue to have the most success, let alone just, just be competitive. Jed's always going to be competitive. I think what's exciting too is Jed fish in Texas. I mean, that is one thing too, with all those schools in the big 12 in Texas, he's already shown what he can do in California, being able to sell California and Texas. That's going to be another little, uh, little, uh, uh, cherry on top. I think for him, as far as a recruiter, because I imagine him doing very well, especially with their ability to find kind of that under the radar radar three-star kid that you can coach up and play in front of your family. Yeah. I'd be curious to, to see what the philosophy is in recruiting as they move to that league. Uh, to your point, like, are you continually looking for those under the radar players? Cause I'd imagine Arizona with Jed fish and this offense and the numbers they've put behind it. And you know, they're, they're going to be different from a locale than any place in the current state of the big 12, right? right? You're coming to consistent sunshine, totally different type of weather. Um, you know, the big city environment is Arizona state and the small town college vibe is Arizona. 
if you want that type of you know weather demographic etc so i'd be curious to see how it shakes out you go back i think it was 2001 and watch washington state they're a great analysis they i think they win the holiday bowl they think mm. they roll texas that year and the next year they start getting into the homes of huge recruits four and five star recruits but don't land any of them so they're down they're a finalist to a lot of them but don't land any and then they're kind of caught and if you really track the trajectory of washington state that was kind of the beginning of a dark time in their football program because they, they stopped getting some of the under the radar type players because everybody else started scooping them up before them. So right. I'd be curious to see, Hey, what changes recruiting? Like, do you have to look at your coaching staff and say, all right, who's got real inroads in the state of Texas? Do you look at your roster and say, do we continue to load up on kids from Southern California or do we go to where we're playing? And, and what is the balance of time in between those? Kyle Whittingham recently said they're not going to spend as much time in Southern California as they are in Texas. They'll still recruit at LA, of course, but right. it won't be what it was. So I, I think every coach is going to have their own philosophy. And I'll be intrigued to see what Arizona is. But one, one thing we can't argue, I think, is Jed Fish is an incredible storyteller. He will sell this university and the opportunities that present themselves there. And players are going to want to go play for him because all players want to do three things right now. They want to go to the NFL, check. They want to right. play in the CFP. Well, in a, I'd say, I'd say the Big 12 wide is open, wide open. 12. Yeah, wide open is probably the most appropriate way to say that. Uh, and then thirdly, they want to get paid. So that's right. what I said about like the donors and the collectives. Like what are they going up against when it's a TCU, Baylor? I, I don't know those collectives well enough. Uh, right. But sadly... Uh, that is the state regarding come here, we'll pay you X versus, hey, let's pay you because you've played well here. And I, as we all know, has, has shifted from the initial focus. So I'd be curious to see uh, how this thing shakes out over the course of the next eight months or so. His 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 attention to detail, I think, is also something that's second to none. Um, Dave Hickey was telling me a while ago off record, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He said, listen, we knew we were going to get a workaholic when we got Jed in here because he's been waiting for this opportunity. And he said the exact same thing you did. He said, I was blown away by just his presentation and everything. But he said, this guy will be in here at 5.30 a.m., <laughs> And there'll be times when it's 9 p.m. and he literally hasn't left campus. He said this is a he doesn't view this as a stepping stone job. This is something that he wants to do, that he wants to create in his image. And he said in college football, that can be fairly rare at times. And I, I just know that that's something that's really stuck out to the administration. It's obviously a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think when I think about Jed, the first story that comes to mind, if you walk into his office, uh, he's got the the word joy, uh, pretty big and bold there. Right. And I remember when he first got there, I did a tour, probably find it on YouTube with him of, of the facility. I said, well, what's up with this word? And he goes, one of the foundational words and principles within our program is that word. And Steve Kerr is, is one where he talks to a lot about mm -hmm. the concept of not losing that. Right, the Jed Fish who left over 300 notes on Steve Spurrier's car as an undergraduate student at Florida would have walked on his hands and knees across the country to be the head coach here. And I don't think there's a day that goes by where Jed doesn't recognize the opportunity. And I think what I've enjoyed about him is he's also competed to not only find joy, seek joy, but make sure that the building has it. You know, you've done this a long time. I've done this for a long time now where you can walk into a building after a win or a loss. And sometimes it's a different energy. Right. When I walk yeah. into that school after a win or a loss called 
games when they were one and 11 called games in that stretch a year ago going to call a bunch of games this year called a bunch of spring games been there in the offseason it's always the same optimistic upbeat joyful place to go work you see kids you see wives you see friends you see alums i mean it's constantly alive right and i think sometimes facilities can become go there and close your door and make a bunch of calls you don't want anybody to hear, especially when things are going bad, right? You're right. looking for your next job. You're, you're embarrassed about the performance on the field. Jed is not that. He, he's attacked this thing with an optimism that is rooted in joy. And, and I love that for him because I think it's a great model. And I think that head coaches probably don't have time to recognize their influence as much as, as, as some of us may, like you and myself. Right. But college coaches at lower levels, High school coaches, youth coaches, they're looking at these models and they read these quotes and they watch these YouTube press conferences and say, Jed is leading with joy. All right, I'm going to go do that instead of rip ass on my team all day long. And I, and I love that for him because I do think he's a great model for the next generation of coaching. I, I think he hit the nail on the head. Another thing too before, and we'll, we'll let you go, but again, this has been fantastic, but let's just look at South Point real quick. Um, South Point High School is one of the three or four premier high schools in the state. In the last five years, it's produced Bijan Robinson, Lathan Ransom, who's starting at Ohio State. Uh, Mateo Mele starts at Washington. Bruno Fina, UCLA. It's, it's the spot. None of these guys obviously went to the U of A. They have the number one one rated defensive end in the entire country this year and Elijah rushing. And we had Elijah rushing on the show along with uh, Keona Wilhite, who's also committed. And he said, man, he said the, the thing about him that was just unique is that he was happy all the time. He said he was just a guy that you kind of wanted to be around. And that's coming from a guy who was a priority recruit for Alabama, Georgia. It just goes to show you, I think just about how having a smile and attacking your job with joy, like you said, really means something because that was something that stuck out to the number one DN in the whole country that Arizona got. You know, years ago, um, Jed had left the Seahawks. Uh, it was the year they lost the Falcons in the divisional round. So the year before they won their first Super Bowl, um, or they went to their first Super Bowl and won it. I f was, was in Seattle a ton, and I can remember interviewing assistant coaches, and I asked the following question, how would you describe Coach Carroll? And they said, quote, he's uncommonly consistent. And, and that simple line has always cut through to me of the greatest leaders, the greatest teachers, the greatest coaches, they're uncommonly consistent and they have clarity around what matters most in the program. Right. And they're confident in that and they have a disciplined approach to it. So for Jed, if it's going to be joy, if it's going to be teaching players off the field, if it's teaching them, as he says, how to be a pro of making it personal, personal relationships, personal connection to the university, personal relationships with your teammates and those outside of the building. It's going to be clear. It's going to be with confidence and it's going to be discipline. And I just think that Jed's uncommon consistency around those things I just described, allow people when they walk into the room to say, oh, it's a fun place to be. It's a fun place right. to work. You don't see coaches leaving very rarely, unless it's for a head job or a better job. Right. Coaches on his staff could kick off and get a lot of jobs. Around the I mean, these are, like you said, these are guys, I think the best way you can put it is Pete Carroll's not sending his, Pete Carroll's not sending Brennan Carroll to a place that he doesn't think is going to advance him and end up well. If he thinks he, he's not sending his kid to a dumpster fire. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if he's sending him anywhere. I think. Well, Brennan, I mean, you know what I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll put it yeah, I worded poorly, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, Brennan has got a chance to be a head coach. He's, I've talked to a lot of athletic directors about him as a future head coach. Uh, he's a shortlist guy, and he should be. 
Right. And part of it is the experience here with Jed and watching and learning and growing a team from ground zero after that loss that you referenced and the bulletin board uh, on the side of the road or the, not the bulletin board, but the, uh, whatever yeah, they call those big things. Sign, yeah. Yeah. The billboard um, to, to now where they're a threat every single week. And it took time. It took a diligent plan, but a disciplined one. And I just love how Jed hasn't wavered. You know, we've seen this enough where you can, you can flow with the wind or the winds or right. the losses. And, and Jed hasn't done that. And, and even his approach with the media, uh, he's open, he's honest. Uh, he, he wants to help you do your job. I mean, he really has a holistic lens on what it's like to be a head coach. And I go back to that podcast I did. It's a great listen, not because I'm on it, but because of what Jed said from when he was with the Rams. And I've had him on every single year for the last five years, I think, to just kind of touch base on, hey, where are you now? What do you think now? And to listen to those, if you listen to them back to back, it's just consistency building upon one thought to the other to the other. And I say that because when he got the job, and we go back to where we started this dialogue, man, he knew what he wanted the the place to be. And it's because he had a vision for what his next program and opportunity would be. Sometimes guys who are interviewing for head jobs have a quality control person build their slideshow, their deck, whatever, their PDF, whatever it might be. The night before, Jed's had it for 10 years, right? and it's been tweaks along the way. So everything that he's done has prepared him. And I think that was the biggest misnomer is everybody saw his resume when he got hired. It was like, oh, he's just going to jump and jump and jump. And to Dave Hickey's point, no, he was just going to opportunities that that led to other opportunities. He never wanted to leave UCLA. They got fired. Right. Right. Never wanted to leave uh, Jacksonville. They got let go. Like, you know, you start to really dial in and understand the why behind his movement, it makes sense. Yeah, he, that, that that's inaccurate of a narrative, but the accurate part is what he learned from Jim Harbaugh, what he learned from Sean McVay, what he learned from Bill Belichick, what he continues to learn in the off seasons with people like that. And that's where I think it continues to bleed into the program. Right. He's the great Yogi Roth from Pac-12 Network. Uh, Yogi, really appreciate your time, my guy, and uh, giving us some really unique insight on Jed Fish. Anytime. Also, hey, check out this team. Jason Johnson, I know you guys know it, who, who listen to this show, yeah. your quarterback from back in the day. This is a yeah. team we're working together on, the Paris Musketeers. It's football in Europe. Finest. Yes, exactly right. Exactly. You should get him on the show, man. Come on, get JJ I, on this thing. I would Throwback. love to have Jason Johnson. I'll hit you up. I would love to get yeah. Jason Johnson on this show. By the way, uh, you got me excited here for a second. I think Jason Johnson's one of the most underrated QBs in U of A history. When Clip he took- it out. Because you got to remember when he took over, Arizona was in a weird spot because they had the 12 and one team in 98 that finished in the top five or, and then a couple weird seasons, Makovic comes in and Johnson was the first quarterback that we had that could really just wing the ball all over the field. I dude, I'm a big Jason Johnson fan. Plus I also like too, that he waited his turn. He sat behind Keith Smith and Ortiz Jenkins. And when it was his time to shine, he shined. No, I will there definitely is. get your contact on that or his contact. That's fantastic. Cool. There it is. Go Musketeers, baby. All, All right. right. Appreciate it. Later. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, buddy. All right. Now, oh, uh, let's get to we got we got a lot to digest on that one right there. I'm very excited about the Jason Johnson possibility. But first, and we'll get to all of these questions, very many good questions right here. But first, BetMGM, I'm telling you, take the Wildcats right here. Take the Wildcats to cover. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code 
PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through uh, uh, BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You will receive up to $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of the wager's outcome. Check the show notes for details. And let's hear the great Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, and one more thing with BetMGM. My BetMGM parlay is this. Take Arizona to cover the spread, and I also like Arizona. I also like the under in this game as well. That would be my BetMGM parlay right there. All right, let's get to some questions. And I had this asked a bunch, and I think I can answer this without asking Yogi. Um, What are Yogi's plans for the future? Here's the deal. The ones at Pac-12 Media, the kind of your big names, your Yogi Roths, and I'm not going to get into what they're exactly going to do, but your Matt Muehlbox, these dudes are going to have options. Um, I was just talking with Matt about this the other day. There's some uh, other... these guys are going to be all right. Keep in mind that a lot of this Big 12, uh, the Big 12 TV deals are going to be based off, they'll broadcast it, but it's going to be up to the school to get their broadcasting team. That's a wink, wink right there that there could be some good stuff. Either way, these dudes are definitely going to end up in a very good situation. Um, all right. Now, Bear Down Cats 96. All, also, all the Back the A people, appreciate you all. How aren't we getting all these local kids? It's a crime got to get them to the games. It comes down to the coach, my man. That's what it comes down to. Jed Fish, and uh, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, one of his ex-coaches was on he- uh, here and uh, said that thinks B. John Robinson might have ended up at Arizona if Jed Fish was here. It's hard to send your kid to play for Kevin Sumlin. Uh, and, you know, the fact that uh, the fact that John Fina didn't even send his kid here, that's kind of an indication, too. But Jed Fish is a different guy entirely, and I think that's what's also exciting is that he has embraced this. And not only has he embraced this, it's an exciting time for him to be able to do that. Um, and again, South Point is going to be something that is going to be uh, very uh, uh, hit very hard over the coming years, as uh, Elijah Rushing uh, uh, certainly uh, certainly indicates right there. Now, as far as the move to the Big Twelve, I uh, I got to say I think Arizona is going to fit in very well football wise in the Big Twelve, and that's not a diss towards the Big Twelve, but it's kind of wide open. It's going to have a spot at the college football playoffs. And not only is it going to have a spot at the college football playoffs, you're going to be able to, you're, excuse me, you're going to be able to recruit Texas. I am curious to see exactly how this uh, plays out. But between California, between Texas, and what Fish has shown already, I think this only adds to Arizona's recruiting profile, to be honest. Now, a lot of people are asking about, uh, you know, or some people are saying about Dion. Here's the thing with Dion. I don't worry much about Dion going and Arizona going against player for players because he's going to attack the portal. That's how he's going to build things. And I think Dion's going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys uh, after next season. Um, that's just my guess. No inside information, but I do believe that to be true, though. Wink, wink, wink. And speaking of wink, 
Before we get to all the essence of what Jet or uh, what Yogi Roth said, let's talk a little bit about Wink, though, first. Wink, a drink with a wink of THC. Get it? That's very funny. That's very funny. Available in either 2.5 milligrams or 5 milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. They're now in 12 states nationwide and even uh, recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen others to find the fastest way to get your hands Hands on one, go to drinkwink.com. And Yogi, Yogi Roth hit the ball out of the park when he said a big part of Jed Fish is, uh, I, I don't want to say fascination, but uh, the way that he's able to endear people is that he's a happy dude or he's happy to be here. He looks like he's happy in his, uh, his way about life. We've seen coaches before and again that don't really look like they want to be here or it looks like you're dealing with something that, eh, I don't know, I don't really want to do this. Jed Fish seems to embrace all of the aspects of being a good coach. From the community to the recruiting to the uh, obviously the coaching, he enjoys all of it. And I think that's that kind of goes with uh, that goes with the territory, to be honest with you. And I do believe that uh, when it does come time, um, Arizona will, uh, Arizona is going to have to open their, uh, open their pocketbooks for him. And they know this. And it's like what I said yesterday, when you get somebody that is a keeper and Jed fish is definitely a keeper by any means necessary, you hold on to him and, and, uh, you know, Arizona knew that if Jed fish was a, a home run hire, they'd have to pay him. But in the past, we've talked about it. This is kind of where football coaches have gone to die, whether that's John Makovic, whether that's Mike Stoops, Kevin Sumlin, Rich Rod, you name it. This dude is uh, this dude's on an upward trajectory on something we haven't seen probably since Larry Smith in the 80s. And Arizona's going to have to pay him, but that is a good problem to have. Uh, Lost Highway says two million a year for a first-time head coach is easy to embrace, correct? But you also got to give we got to give uh, Bobby Robbins and Dave Hickey a lot of credit though here too, because yes, there were people out there like Yogi Roth saying just hire you know hire Jed, he's going to get this one figured out, he's a good coach. But there were also people like me that didn't, and you know I think probably a majority of people that didn't get it. And I'll just be honest, I didn't get it. It didn't make a ton of sense to me, but you quickly found out that this dude was cut from a little bit of a different cloth than uh, than other coaches that uh, we've seen around here. And a large part of that, too, is the coaching staff that he was able to assemble. This is a dynamic coaching staff. He talked about Brendan Carroll right there. And a big uh, – Kevin Cummings is about as good a wide receiver coach as there is in the country. Scotty Graham – a lot of people didn't understand that higher at running backs, but you know, they understand it now. I mean, the guy doesn't have anybody that fumbles in like three years. So that's a big part of this, but overall he was able to put together a bunch of good minds, which leads me to Dwayne Aquina and Dwayne Aquina to me is a big part in all of this. And I think it's also a tip of the cap to Jed fish and what he's been able to do, but also four peaks before we get to Dwayne Aquina, Four Peaks. Visit fourpeaks.com backslash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. Steinholding, Oktoberfest, and Haunted Brewery Tours are right around the corner. Check out Four Peaks Brewer, Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Um, Dwayne Aquina is, I think, kind of the epitome of you uh, you bring in a coach, and you know what? You don't know what you don't know. Dwayne Aquina is about as good and talented a defensive backs coach as college football has ever seen. The resume speaks for itself. 
um, three uh, Thorpe Award winners, um, you know, d- uh, over almost a dozen first-round picks. Dude's been everywhere. Dude's been ever a- able to do everything. He came in here as a senior assistant, whatever that term is exactly, and by the time you were a week into camp, he was running up and down the field. He was coaching in a very uh, demonstrative manner, and it was clearly being embraced by Fish because he looked at uh, Dwayne Keenan's resume and he said, this is a guy that can help me. And not only can he help me, he can help this program get to the point where it needs to be. And again, just a super, super good hire right there and allowing somebody to kind of spread their wings and do what they can right there. Um now, uh, let's see here. Uh, Tony Clifton says, Johnny Nansen seems more sure of himself this year. The Akina effect. I would have to believe that. Listen, Johnny Nansen is definitely a good coach. There's no doubt, you know, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, there's also there's there's a uh, there's a learning curve. And you didn't have a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball last year that had the gravitas to be able to sit here and say, all right, maybe you should do this here, this here, whatever the case may be. Dwayne Akina is that dude. Dwayne Akina is the guy that can sit down kind of the wise old sage and say, all right, um, you know, our corners, you know, whatever the technique isn't good. We got to be up in press coverage, whatever the term may be. Dwayne Aquina has that resume to be able to speak on that. And that is something that uh, not a lot of coaches have had coming through here. That's for sure. But again, you've got to give a ton of kudos to Jedfish for making that hire because or some people would look at the resume and say, eh, I don't know, he could cut into my shine. There's none of that with Jedfish. With Jedfish, it's all right, let's win football games. What's the best way to uh what's the best way to help have that happen? Now, my guy Steve Hernandez, one of the best officials in the city. Tony Clifton, that's possible. Also, the players on the defensive line have helped out immensely. That is one thousand percent true, my man. You look at that D line right now, and again, I'm not sitting here going to say that this is a uh, these are first round picks or anything like that. But Big Bill Norton, our guy, Tyler Manoa, Tia Savea, uh, Ty uh, Ty Uyagalele, those are all those are all Power Five rotational defensive linemen. Then you look on the outside, you got Taylor Upshaw, another dude that is a uh, that's just kind of in that uh, realm as well. The defensive linemen help a tremendous amount right there. And again, that's a that's a tip. That's a tip of the cap right there. Now, one thing about it, too, and I promise it'll be lit up next show Saturday neon. Now you look at this a behind me right here and you might say, Mike, without that a you would be nothing. You might be correct. But it makes me look cool, and it's awesome. It lights up. It looks fantastic. Check out Saturday Neon. Again, these are two guys that just put this together, and it took off. Very good stuff. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over 200 bucks. And there's no better time to become a, a, P, or a, a, a PHNX diehard. Go to GoPHNX.com, sign up, become a diehard. You get access to merchandise, to Discord chats, to great events going on, Cardinals watch parties, uh, U of A watch parties. By the way, we have one uh, this Saturday at Tap and Bottle. I will be up there about 3 45 or so but um would love to see you at the tap and bottle downtown lfg uh, welcome to the chat my guy appreciate you uh, props to fish recruited so many high impact uh, football players out west very well put steve hernandez don't diminish yourself right there you know you're better than that okay 
All right, we're signing off today, but we got another special guest tomorrow. And then next month or next week, we got a very prominent ex-football player working on Petros Papadakis as well. A lot of good stuff going on. But as always, you guys are the ones that make this show. I uh, appreciate your support immensely. Um, again, wouldn't be here without you guys. Thank you guys a ton. For uh, Yogi Roth, for Jacob Franklin behind the scenes, I am Mike Luke. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.